0: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do encourage you to pick up your copy of Slime Incorporated. It's a modern detective novel, but also pays tribute to some of the great detectives of years gone by. It's a story of murder and dirty politics set against the backdrop of the Idaho gubernatorial election. It's got greater than a 4-star rating on Amazon and it's available as a paperback and audiobook through audible.com or the iTunes store or also wherever fine ebooks are sold. And you can view all my books, audiobooks and ebooks at store.greatdetectives.net. All right, well, now it's time for today's episode of Rocky Fortune. And uh, the original air date on this one is December the 22nd, 1953. And this one is The Plot to Kill Santa Claus.
1: Now, Frank Sinatra, transcribed as Rocky Fortune. Presents Frank Sinatra, starring as that footloose and fancy free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune.
2: Did I ever tell you about the time I got mixed up in a plot to murder Santa Claus? Yeah. It all started when I answered a Christmas ad for a department store. The ad said young man of good character is auxiliary store detective and other duties. Two-week employment. So, next day, I am an auxiliary shamus for Crockett Bomb's department store. Kind of a high-class Fifth Avenue dispensary where for only 50 bucks, you can buy your girl a mink toothbrush. And for an extra five grand, you can get her a coat to match. Uh, This way, Mr... Uh... Fortune. uh, Rocky Fortune, Mr. Prim. Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, This is Fifth Floor, Children's Toys. Note, please, uh, Santa's Workshop and the Enchanted Igloo. This will be your post. What do I do? Just keep an eye on the merchandise. Quackenbaums has had a good deal of shoplifting recently. Yeah, especially in the jewelry department, eh? Uh, we uh, don't like to talk about that, Mr. Fortune. Mister, it's been in the front page of all the newspapers for a week. Eight thousand bucks worth of pearls. Wow. The thief will be apprehended in good time. Have no fear. Uh, well, I must get back to my office. Uh, just a minute, Mr. Prim. Yes? What happens if I see a gun of? A what? A lifter, a thief. Apprehend the criminal with the merchandise and bring both to my office behind the elevators. The name Lysander Prim is on the door. Check. Oh, and uh, one other thing. Yeah? At lunch hour, you will relieve Santa Claus. You mean put on a beard and everything? Oh, it's just for half an hour. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you start in exactly five minutes. Um, I'm not exactly built for this. Neither is our present Santa. They're running thin this year. Uh, just ask Big Elf to help stuff you. Big Elf? Santa's helper, the large fellow in the elf suit. Oh, sure. Good sure. luck, Mr. Fortune. The honor of Quackenbaums is in your hands. Hmm. At 44.50 a week, Mr. Quackenbaum is getting a bargain. Big elf, whose name is Marty, weighs about 250. He helps me in Santa's suit, and I take over inside the magic igloo while Santa goes out for some chowder. I embarrass a couple of mothers by promising everything the kids ask for, and I'm really living it up having the time of my life when a little girl about six comes in all by herself. He's a pretty little thing, too, with blue eyes and freckles. On one leg is a light steel brace. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle. Oh, and that's what I want for Christmas. Well, hello, honey. You all alone? Yes, sir. Well, what can I do for you?
3: I have a note for you.
2: A letter for old Santa, huh? Ho, ho, let's have a look. Dear Santa, you know what we want for Christmas we better get it or you'll never live to make those Christmas Eve deliveries. Find you-know-who. Well, well, did you write this letter yourself, honey?
3: No, sir. A man gave it to me.
2: What did he look like?
3: A big man with a black mustache. He gave me a nickel, too.
2: Heavy spender, huh? Honey, what's your name?
3: Gail. Gail Grayson.
2: And what would you like Santa to bring you for Christmas, Gail?
3: I'd like your elf.
2: You mean big bonehead out there?
3: Oh, no. Not the man in the elf suit. I mean the elf doll. The one with the red silk suit and the green hat.
2: Oh, well, that's pretty expensive, honey. Maybe your mommy and daddy can't afford it.
3: I don't have any mommy and daddy.
2: Oh. Well, you leave your name and address with Santa, and I'll see if we can't arrange for something. It might not be that same doll, but...
3: That's the one I want.
2: Yeah, I can see that. Well, look, Gail. Gail. I'll see...
3: Oh, Gail, there you are. I told you to wait outside the man's office. I wanted to talk to Santa about getting that elf doll. Honey, I told you that doll cost too much. Santa says maybe he can arrange something. Santa's wrong. Look, mister, I've just been seeing a man about trying to get a job in this place so we can afford to eat. I don't have money for expensive dolls.
2: Well, I'm sorry, miss, I just... We well, have
3: no business building up false hopes in children. They put so much faith in this.
2: Well, if you'd just let me explain I... Come
3: around and explain Christmas Eve if you can.
2: I'd like to, but I don't even know your name. This
3: is my sister, Laura. And we live at 65 Bleakman Street. Five flights up Santa... Gail, for heaven's sake. Come along. You won't forget the doll, will you, Santa? Please, please don't forget. Please.
2: Lose a customer, Jack? I'm afraid I lost a friend, too. Uh, Cheer up. Maybe you won't live long, then you won't need a friend. Why don't you just stick to being a big elf, huh, Marty? Don't be a wise guy, Fortune. Me? I'm never a smart Alec. By the way, how do they spell elf? O-A-F. After lunch, the real make-believe Santa Claus comes back and I turn over the suit, beard, and stuffing. I'm glad to get back to being a store detective. That big elf has no pleasure to work with. I keep thinking of little Gale. Well, let's face it, I keep thinking of her big sister who's got eyes like Dresden China and a figure like a Lamarge teapot. I wonder if I'm ever going to see her again. I don't have to wonder long because right away things begin to happen.
3: Help! Don't be scared her! Catch her! All right. Hold it. Hold
2: it. Oh, let me go. Let Take me... it easy. Take it easy. Well, Laura Grayson. Who are you? Santa Claus, remember? My name is Rocky Fortune. I'm also the store dick in this department. Oh,
3: Mr. Fortune, please. I, I don't know why. I, I took it. I... Well,
2: Let's see what we've got here.
3: It's the Elf doll, the one Gail wanted.
2: Oh, baby, if you're gonna shoplift a doll, they got better ways worked out than just pick it up and run with it. I
3: had to take it. I, I couldn't disappoint her. I, I couldn't.
2: Yeah, I guess it was partly my fault.
3: Well, I suppose you'll turn me over to the police now.
2: Well, hold it, hold it. Lady, this ain't for general publication, but between you and me, I'm the world's worst toy store detective. Too much larceny in my blood. So I'll just turn around for 20 or 30 minutes, and if you're not gone when I turn back, I'm gonna put the pinch on you.
3: You're letting me go?
2: Please, let's not be vulgar. Well,
3: thank you, Rocky. Hey... What?
2: You forgot the doll. But... I was going to buy it for you anyway. Besides, I get it for only three bucks because it's a display model. Now beat it.
3: Oh, Rocky, I could kiss you. Go ahead. I will. Merry Christmas.
2: And a Happy New Year to you. Wow. The kid slips down the stairway with the elf doll and I am still wearing a lipstick on my cheek when Mr. Prim boils over. He looks so much like a clothing store dummy, you expect to find a price tag on him. Right behind him is Marty, the big old elf. Mr. Fortune. Oh, hi. Where is she? Where is who? Uh, whom? Uh, He. The dame who stole the doll from Santa's workshop. Oh, you are a little elf, aren't you? Mr. Marty here tells me he saw you catch her. Where is she? Overpowered me. She must be a lady wrestler or something. Mr. Fortune. Tell you what, though, Mr. Prim, just to make everything okay, I'll pay for the doll. What? No kidding. You see, I know the young lady, and I was going to buy it for her anyway, so I... Well, this is highly irregular. Oh, come on, Mr. Prim. Think of how proud Mr. Quackenbaum will be when you tell him you unloaded that shop-worn display model. Well, well, it's highly irregular, but uh, go ahead. Uh, The sales clerk will make out the proper form. Well, thanks, Mr. Prim. I'll do that. Hey, Fortune. Yeah. What was the dame's name? What's it to you? Just curious, you know. I know. Stay just as you are. (laughs) After closing time, I go into the employee's dressing room for a quick wash-up and a change of linen. The place empties out when my pal, the store Santa, slaps in after a hard day at the igloo. He takes off his red suit, and I see he's built like a Japanese wrestler with a nose like Rudolph the Reindeer. Only it ain't from drinking melted snow. Well, yeah. good night, everybody. Uh-huh. Good night, Herm. Good night. Looks as if the detectives and the Santa Clauses are the late workers in this department, huh? Yeah, just you and me now. Just you, Santa. I'm blowing right now. Just a minute. Yeah? That girl who stole the elf doll. What about her? Mr. Prim mentioned that you know her. So? I'd
1: like to know her name.
2: You're the second guy in a half an hour. What is this? Just what I said, Fortune. What's her name and where does she live? Look, I know you've been making a list and checking it twice, Uncle. But just what do you want to... why do you want to know? I... I had my eye on that elf doll myself. For my kid. I'd like to get it for her. They got brand new ones in stock. I'm interested in that one. So the name, huh? Sorry, Uncle. Fortune. Maybe I don't make myself clear. I want that girl's name and address. I want it very bad. You know you shouldn't use that tone of voice. You don't sound like you got the holiday spirit. I'm going to use more than a tone of voice if you don't unclaim. Sorry, Sam. Okay, Fortune. Ooh. Okay, Mom. <laughs> You want to fight? What's <coughs> oh, her name? Why, you put I'll you. Gentlemen, <coughs> gentlemen, please, please, just what is going on here? Well, let Samson here tell you. Uh, uh, I was just showing Mr. Fortune here a couple of judo holes that might come in handy next time a young girl overpowers. This him. is not a gymnasium, gentlemen. I'll thank you to leave and report back promptly tomorrow morning. Good evening. I manage to stagger out of my own power and head back to my flat. I figure I'll have some supper and then locate Laura Grayson for another look at that elf doll that everybody wants to get his hands on. Also, for another look at Laura Grayson. Yeah. I stop to line my floor at a local cafeteria and go up to the flat. I walk in like I live there, which I do, and discover I have guests.
1: Hello, Rocky.
2: Well, well, Sergeant Hamilton J. Finger. If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake with poison in it.
1: A cake with a file in it would be more useful where you're going, Rocky, my old
2: pal. You are referring to the house of detention? The same. Well, sir, if my days as a have serve me correctly, they make mention of a thing titled due process, which means you don't arrest a guy without you can make some kind of charge, right? Right. So, Though so we would like to revolve the wheel of our conversation around
1: the axle of your understanding, down at the Irish Clubhouse,
2: concerning,
1: concerning a murder.
2: You said a murder. Yeah. Who?
1: Rocky. This is going to come as a shock to a naive young boy like yourself. But there ain't no Santa Claus. I'll come. I'll come because somebody stuck a knife in him. He's laying on his face over in bomb's department store. Let's go.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: spend the next few hours as a guest of the city in the squad room or a sweat box, as it is affectionately remembered by inmates of various steel academies in this state. To mine host the Sergeant Finger. All
1: right, not for the last time. You had an argument with him, right?
2: He had one with me.
1: Okay, he shocked you. Yes. You shocked him. Right. You got interrupted. Right. You left. Right. Then you come back and stabbed him.
2: Wrong. Okay, okay.
1: Let's have your story.
2: Somebody was after him, Sarge. I got a threatening note that was supposed to go to him.
1: Where is it? Here. Ah, this is kid stuff.
2: You ever hear of a kid threatening Santa Claus? Come on, Sarge. Okay,
1: okay, so it ain't kid stuff. Who sent it and why?
2: That's what the taxpayers hire you to figure out. Maybe it's got some connection with a jewel robbery.
1: What do you know about the jewel robbery?
2: Just what I read in the papers. Somebody snatched eight grand worth of pearls.
1: You, maybe? Don't
2: be ridiculous. I wasn't even working there when it happened.
1: What makes you think it was an inside job? The
2: newspapers. They got the opinion from the police. You familiar with this organization?
1: Don't get funny. Did
2: it ever occur to you that maybe Santa Claus was in on that jewel job?
1: As a matter of fact, Rocky, the guy in that Santa Claus suit has a record as long as your arm. Only one thing is wrong. Yeah? We can't arrest him for his own murder.
2: So why pin it on me?
1: You're available. Also, whoever stabbed him was in on the inside. It happened after the store closed. Also, there's eight grand worth of pearls floating around someplace and a reward for a thousand to whoever finds them.
2: No kidding. Yeah,
1: you want to claim it? All you have to do is confess you killed a guy, turn in the pearls, collect the reward. And
2: go to the chair. I'll tell you what, Sarge. You do me a favor and I'll confess to the murder, the jewel robbery, and all of the other old crimes you're too stupid to solve.
1: What's the favor?
2: Drop dead. Rocky, someday, pow!
1: Right in the toy department.
2: Come on, Finger. You know as well as I do I couldn't have done it.
1: What makes you think so?
2: That note the lieutenant handed you a few minutes ago. You checked my alibi and I was feeding my face in the cafeteria when he got stabbed. So stop, give me the needle and let me go home. Fortune someday. I know. Pow! Can I go now. Don't you like it here? It's great, but I got a date with a doll. Finger turns me loose and I jockey my way right down to Laura Grayson's apartment in a cheap village flat. It's about 9 p.m. when I get my finger in the doorbell.
3: Just a moment. Rocky.
2: Hi. Can I come in a minute? Of
3: course.
2: Uh, where is, uh, Gail? Sleep. I hope so, anyway. Uh, listen, uh, honey, I... I have to ask you something. Well? Have you got the... the doll? Of course. Gail's so happy about it, she's ready to fly. Uh, look, I, I... I'll have to ask you for it back. What? Well, I'll I'll get another one to replace it—a brand new one, really. But but right now I gotta have that one. Sure, Rocky. Sure. it, it, it sounds kind of funny, but and I can't explain it now. But you tell a kid I'll get him another one, huh? It isn't necessary, Rocky. Wait a minute, I'll get it for you. Here. Well, thanks. Um, I have to get back to the store. I'll call you tomorrow, maybe for dinner, huh? Uh
3: huh. Good night, Laura. Good night, Rocky. <laughs>
2: I knew what she was thinking, so I didn't try to make any excuses. I just took the doll and headed back to my flat to take a look inside. It was as empty as an eggshell in a fox farm. I was just reaching for the phone when it rang. Hello. Rocky.
3: Yeah. But this is Laura. Rocky, something terrible has
2: happened. What's wrong? What's the matter? Just after you left, a man came. A big man with a black mustache. and He asked for the doll.
3: Said he was from the department store police. I told him you'd taken it back to the store, and he left.
2: What's hotel? he must have awakened Gail and
3: she overheard us. Anyway, when I went into her room just now, she was gone.
2: Rocky, I don't know what to do. She heard you say I was taking a doll to the store? Yes. Maybe she's on her way over there now to try to get the doll back. At this hour? Honey, six-year-old kids don't know from the wages and hours law. Look, I'll take a run over there just in case she shows up. You notify the police and meet me. I stuff the kids down in my overcoat pocket and flag a cab over to Crack department store. There's no sign of the kid out front, so I leg it around at the delivery entrance. No sign. I decide to check inside and show my pass to the night watchman at the entrance. Uh, Hold it, mister. Hiya, Pop. I I work here. Uh, Let's see your card. Here, right here. Yeah. Store Dick, huh? That's right, Pop. Now, listen, I'm looking for a little girl about seven years old. Wears a brace on one foot. You seen her?
1: Uh, what would a kid like that be doing here
2: after hours? Uh, her mother thinks she got lost in the store. Oh. Well, I've only been on a couple of minutes. I ain't seen her. I'm going up to check the toy department on five. You keep an eye out with her. If she comes along, send her up to five. I'll be waiting. Okay. I'll keep watch, fair. Thanks. I go up to the toy department. Darkness, it looks as eerie as a graveyard on Halloween. I figure maybe Gail managed to slip in past the watchman, so I give a yell. Gail! I to scare myself to death. What's that?
1: Nobody here but us toys, boss. Get them up, Fortune.
2: I assume that ain't a lollipop stick in my spine. That's right, smart boy. Step over here in the light. So what do I owe the pleasure? Just a little shopping trip I'm looking for a doll You don't say I do So hand it over Help yourself, it's in the coat pocket Toss it here There Now stand still while I have a look inside Okay, wise guy, where's the stuff? Stuff? Don't play dumb With eight grand worth of pearls in last week's job inside this doll, where are they? That's me, pal. Maybe you got the wrong doll. I got the right doll, Buster. What makes you so sure? Santa Claus told me before he died. Looks like you and Santa Claus were in on that robbery. That's what I thought. Until he tried to double-cross me. What happened? I heisted this stuff and gave it to Santa Claus to hide. He ate it so good I couldn't find it. He wasn't going to tell me where it was until I gave him more than half. Only I changed his mind for it. Yeah, with a four-inch blade. Uh Uh-huh. You should be a store detective, you're real smart. I take it the stuff was in the doll. That's right, Rocky. Only it ain't there now. And you had that doll. Which means? Unless you unclam, I may have to give you the same treatment I gave Santa Claus. I'm telling you, the pearls were gone when I got that doll home. And I'm telling you, if they were gone, it's because you took them. I don't have them. Sue me. Rocky, old man, it's Christmas time and goodwill to men and all that. And I hate to knock off two guys in the same day. But if you don't spill them pearls in five seconds, I'm going to put lead in your braid. Now, where are they? I don't know. One, two, three, four. What the... Gail, hi, honey. Come back here, Fortune. Here's a football for Christmas, boy. I let Big Elf have it in a puss with a football from the toy counter and grab the kid. We duck into the maze of counters and crawl along until we get behind some packing crates. Marty's cursing and looking for us. And he's still got a gun, too.
3: Rocky, I... I had to find you. I wanted
2: to... Shh. Don't let him hear us. Crawl into this packing case.
3: Rocky, I'm scared. Do as I say. Okay, Rocky. Fortune!
2: It's no use, Fortune. I'm going to find you. And when I do...
3: Come on out, Fortune!
2: Come on out! Fox, I'm scared. So am I, kid. We gotta do something. Let's see what they got in these boxes. Mighty Mike Mechanical Police Car. Oh, there's a big help. Hey! What?
3: Let me have one of those. Here. What are you gonna do, Rocky? You'll see.
2: I'm coming, Fortune. Look out, Marty. What's that? That's two shots. He's got a revolver that holds six. Four to go. Let's see you.
3: Here's something, Rocky. Super
2: rocket ship. Fine. Let's try this on. Ready? Go. Fortune, are you crazy?
3: I'm going to get you. Three, two, or five.
2: One more. What's in that box?
3: It's an atomic blaster. Turn your space cadet side. Why not?
2: Let's try it. I hear you, Fortune. I hear you now.
3: Try this, (laughs) Cron.
2: You missed, Marty. That's pretty bad shooting. Maybe, Punk, but this ain't gonna be. Pussy. Those things gotta be loaded before you can shoot them, Marty, remember? You dirty. Journey...
3: Here's something
2: else for Christmas. Uh-huh. My gift the Santa's helper was a Louisville slugger right on top of the noggin. And just as he went out, the lights went on. And suddenly, the place is crawling with humanity.
3: Gail, are you all right?
2: We're fine, baby. Well, look who's here, late as usual. No wisecracks. Is this the missing kid, lady? Yes, officer, thank you. Who's the stiff? This is the bum who killed Santa Claus.
3: Boy, you should have seen Rocky beating him with that bat.
2: By the way, Gail, where's the stuff that was inside the doll?
3: You mean the pretty marbles? I thought they came inside the doll, Rocky. It was a sort of surprise. Some
2: surprise. Do you have
3: them? I think so. In my park up someplace. Oh, here they are.
2: Sergeant? Uh, Here you are, sir. Just in case you ain't got all your marbles. Marbles? Hey, those
1: are the pearls that were heisted last week.
2: He's got a magnificent mind, this Sergeant Finger, doesn't he? Gail, I'm sorry about the doll, honey, but unless I'm mistaken, you got about a thousand dollar reward coming for this stuff.
3: thousand dollars? Rocky, it's too good to be true. I must be dreaming.
2: Want me to pinch you?
3: Couldn't you just kiss me instead?
2: Why not? Yeah. Merry Christmas.
3: Happy New Year. Yeah.
2: NBC has presented Frank Sinatra as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. Others in tonight's cast included Ted Vaughn-Else, Mary McGovern, Kay Stewart, Frank Gerstle, Jim Nusser, Barney Phillips, Bill Justine. Tonight's script was written by George Lefferts, Andrew C. Love directed. And now, to tell you about next week's adventure, here's Frank Sinatra as Rocky Fortune. Next week, I managed to get involved in a fixed fight. Some gamblers want me to stay down for the long count, from here to eternity. Tune in, and I'll tell you all about it. Till then, i see you around. Visit with Fiverr McGee and Molly tonight on the NBC Radio Network.
0: Frank Sinatra did a good job of really carrying forward the uh, plot with a lot of charm and did well with the little girl and a nice uh, climactic scene at the end. Kind of a pre-Home Alone sort of thing, I guess. All right, well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback. And Stephen comments on Murder on the Isle. Uh, and he writes, I love the lines of the play in the background. The parody of Highbrow Theater was hilarious. That was a nice touch. Uh, thanks so much for the comments, Stephen. And now we have a, an email from Kim, who uh, writes, Hi, Adam, I'm a big fan of your show, and I've been listening to it for many years. One of my favorite parts of it, besides listening to all the great shows, is when my dad suddenly pops up unexpectedly. I was listening to last week's episode of Rocky Fortune, which is not one of my favorites, so I decided to skip through it. But as I was skipping, I all of a sudden heard a familiar voice. So I went back, and yes, there was my ba- dad, Bill Zuckert, as the cop. I loved it when you had Crime and Peter Chambers on, but I listened to it such a long time after you ran it that I never wrote to you about it, though I really appreciated it because I'd not heard every episode of the show before and it was a real treat. The this part was in the very first episode when my dad doubled in the role of the villain as well as his regular role as the police officer. He did not often double because, as he would say, he was hardly the man of a thousand voices. He was kind of the man of about one and a half voices. And he was pretty terrible as the villain, desperately attempting to do a different voice. I only recognized it because I would recognize his voice anywhere. And you'll notice that for the rest of the run of the series, they never had him try to double again. Anyway, it was super fun to hear him as Inspector Finger on Rocky Fortune. I'll have to go back and see if I missed him in any previous episodes by skipping through. Never again. No more skipping for me. My mother, Gladys Holland, was also a radio actor, though she worked mostly on the West Coast before my parents met. Her voice was so different uh, when she was younger, I don't actually recognize it as easily as I do my father, who had the exact same voice for the entirety of his life, as far as I'm aware. But I know at least she'll pop up in an episode of Dragnet at some point. She told me the story about how she got that job, which is when she tried and tried to get in to see the casting director. And finally she called at lunchtime when the secretary was at lunch and he answered his own phone. She asked him if she could drop off a resume and he said that they never used accents on Dragnet. She said, someday you will need somebody with an accent and then you'll wish you knew my number. So he took it. And they did end up needing a woman with an accent, and they called her. So at some point, that episode will show up and surprise me. Uh, keep up your wonderful work with the. this know, sh- uh, your- It's such a treat to listen to every week. My dad was a regular on Gangbusters. Maybe someday you can add that to the repertoire. I've r- never really heard much of it over the years. Uh, thanks so much uh, for the uh, comment from Kim and I love it. We've had, this is the first, but it's always nice when, uh, family members of, uh, radio stars are listening to the program. I don't know how much of, um, Bill Zuckert you'd miss on Rocky fortune. As we heard this week, the role of, uh, finger was kind of a rotating role. So, uh, they have it seems like an actor every other week uh to play the part so i did let her know about police blotter which was a series her dad actually starred in so thanks so much for the letter and for the great stories definitely appreciated all right that will do it for today join us back here tomorrow as our uh Week of Christmas Programs continues with Richard Diamond, and then next Tuesday we'll be back with another episode of Rocky Fortune. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net, follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.